Are you curious about neurodiversity in the workplace? Did you know that nearly 30% of the population falls into the neurodivergent category, including individuals with autism, ADHD, dyslexia, and more? Understanding neurodiversity is crucial because it challenges the notion that processing information differently is a deficit. Instead, it recognizes that people are just different and accommodating their unique needs can lead to increased productivity, innovation, and happiness. This episode offers valuable insights and practical advice for leaders to promote neurodiversity and create inclusive workplaces where individuals can thrive. Joining me on this episode is Catherine McCord. Catherine, who is a physically and neurodiverse woman herself, built her career on inclusive innovation in people operations and HR tech. She lives by the motto that different is not a deficit. In 2014, she founded Titan Management, a national people operations consulting firm, and then in 2021, she shook up HR tech by designing the first ever fully accessible anti-bias applicant tracking system plugin that fires the resume and showcases company diversity. She's been featured at Web Summit, HR Disruptor, SHRM, and London School of Business. She makes an energetic, interactive, education-based speaker who always brings some spice. In just a bit, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But before that, If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I am Jody Flynn, and I am the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead, a leadership development company that works with organizations and boards to close the performance gap by attracting, developing, and successfully promoting more women into senior levels of leadership. I help organizations realize these benefits through coaching, consulting, leadership development programs, and keynotes. I have the privilege and joy to work with women leaders to hone the skills and the mindset that allow them to grow into and then thrive in senior leadership. My specialization is working with women who are still stabilizing after their last promotion and those who want to be ready for the next one. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search for Jody Flynn on the platform. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of your search results. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Now, meet Catherine. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I am super stoked. It's so good to have you here. I'm thrilled. We've been planning this for a while. We're making it happen. So everyone has heard who you are as a professional, but as you and I know, we've had we've had a couple of brief conversations, but they've been loaded with laughs. So <laughs> I'm I'm very curious how you're going to, you know, 
tell us next, because like what I would like you to do is just share a little bit more about you, you know, and maybe some things that you enjoy or have going on in your personal life. Sure. So this is one that may be a little surprising to you. So have you ever heard of the Netflix series Tiger King? I have. I haven't watched it, but I've heard a lot about it. So I refuse because I used to volunteer there and I played with lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. (laughs) Even participated in helping raise a cub. Uh, Did all kinds of cool stuff with that. He worked with some hyenas, uh, some monkeys, things like that. Um, I was not on that show, but I was on the Animal Planet special about the actual animals, not about the drama and the nonsense, but the actual animals. I was on that. And I do uh, always do something or other with animal rescue, animal work. I always have, I've had over 60 fosters over the years um, in my home, some of which were wolves and and other non-domesticated animals. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) We've literally had a mini wolf pack in our house. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so I really enjoy animals. I eat, live and breathe for animals. Um, love everything about them. And, uh, and so that's, that's a little bit about me. I like to work with exotic animals as well, not just the domestic. So there you go. <laughs> there you are. I knew you wouldn't disappoint. I knew Thank you, you. Had something. <laughs> but who knew it was based on a reality show. <laughs> I, when you said Tiger King, I was like, Oh no, where are like, we going no. with this? <laughs> That is great. And that is admirable. I love that. You, you know, your company runs the game. There's a lot of things that you do, but specifically what we wanted to talk about in this episode, because I think right now it's a super, I I don't want to say hot topic. Like it's the current trend. Like it's a needed topic. Like we need to be talking about this a lot more. So tell us about your work in neurodiversity. Cool. So I'm going to start off by explaining neurodiversity because I think a lot of people don't quite know what it is. So neurodiversity is a term that was coined by Judy Singer, who is an Australian sociologist, lovely lady, by the way. Uh, It was coined in the 1990s. And basically what it refers to is a medically visible or diagnosable difference in how you process information. So think autism, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, certain forms of epilepsy actually can change how you process a traumatic brain injury. So not all uh, conditions are kind of inherent. Some of them are created. Uh, And so that's just all it is. It's just a difference in how you process information. Um, And it's become, and her whole theory was that it's not a deficit. You're just different Mm -hmm. is all. And so, you know, for many, many years, you know, we've, for well, all of humanity, let's be honest, until extremely recently, we've been taught that if you process information differently, if you fall into this category of neurodivergent or neurodiverse, depending on your preferred terminology, then you're wrong. You're less than. You, you know, should be cast aside. There were times when the treatment of people in this category and this diversity were was horrific. Um, you know, asylums and all kinds of other ugly things we won't get into. But um, recently, they've started realizing, wait a minute, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just, you're just different. That's all it is. And and we've we've been very fortunate that a lot of very successful people have really started coming out about um, 
you know, there are different diversities and it's really helped. So like Richard Branson of Virgin Records has talked about his dyslexia and has made a very big deal about dyslexic thinking, which I absolutely love. And we've had other people come out talking about their ADHD, their autism, all of these things and how they're successful with these things, not in spite of them. Mm-hmm. And so the the work that I do is to help people A, understand what it is, and then B, how to appropriately consider this when you're doing your hiring and your um, and your leadership, because it is different and, and it is almost 30% of the population that we're talking about here. So you want to be good at working with them. So that's a little bit about what the work's about. That's a number I had not heard before, 30%. Almost. That's- you yes. know, to say that's significant is like really un- under like what's the word I'm looking for? I can't even spit it out. Like thirty percent. It's a Monday, but you right. <laughs> it's it, a significant number. It's a it significant is. Number. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just shy. The esti- the estimated can go over that, but the actual you know there's evidence to these numbers uh, come out at about twenty nine point one percent. So somewhere in the ballpark of 30%. You do have to leave room for undiagnosed um, right. as well. Um, but it's fascinating. And it's it's a cool world to just kind of dive into how people think and how they communicate. And it's really fascinating. And it's actually a very simple diversity in which to work from the standpoint of a lot of times you, you just need to listen to what the person needs. They'll tell you. If, mm-hmm. if you create the psychological safety and all of that. Uh, but then another big part of my work is making accommodation standard. And once you've done that, it gets real simple. Yes. Because once it once you've laid the groundwork, there yeah. it is. Like There, there it is. It's just ground. there. Yeah. And <laughs> you and I, when we were chatting about this in terms of like thinking about the episode, you had shared that um, once these accommodations are made, we can make them standard. So they're no yes. longer accommodations. Like they're just right. the same for everybody. Right. And and well, and not the same for everybody, but available to everybody. Right. So Correct. so available to everyone. So the idea is you get, you know, kind of the more common requested quote accommodations, and you offer them as standard options. And then you have a fill in the blank. And kind of the the benefit to that is people, well, why don't they just tell me what they need? Well, number one be prepared. (laughs) And number two, uh, because of the history until extremely recently of everything that's gone on in terms of discrimination and all of that, people are afraid to disclose. They are afraid to ask for what they need. And we all know, I mean, you could look at multiple studies, including ones that have been published like in Psychology Today by Harvard, all that type of thing about how people, when they're allowed to work in a way that's natural and comfortable to them, they're more productive, they're more innovative, they're more creative, they'll stay with you longer, they're healthier, they're happier. And so you want your humans to be comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just this idea that you just want to make things smooth and simple, and you want them to feel comfortable coming to you and talking to you. And one of the ways to do that is to say, look, we really do care. We're not just saying it. It's not performative. We really do care. Here's some things we're offering, but also let us know if there's something unique that you need as well. And we're here for you. That's amazing. Okay. So you had also mentioned in our conversation, which like really had me thinking, cause I, you know, I was coming from the perspective of your leader and there's somebody who is neurodiverse on your team and what can you do? And I do want to talk about that, but then you also said, well, then you might be a leader who is neurodiverse 
and working with people who are not. And there's another category of that we're going to get to again, you know what I'm talking about. But in terms of like, I'd like to talk about, you know, there's three different scenarios. And I, I'd like to talk about those in terms of like, what can you do? Right. At, as right. that leader. So let's start with you are neurodiverse. You know, you're one of the m- probably millions of people who are right. Millions upon millions. What can you do as a neurodiverse leader, like for yourself, for others, right, to make that work environment, you know, good for you right. and your team? Yeah. So, so one thing I like to start off with when you're the leader, you've taken it upon yourself to take care of your humans. Mm-hmm. So, the bigger while you do also want to take care of yourself and you do want to accommodate yourself, the larger burden falls to you to be accommodating, not the other way around. So if there needs to be bending, then that's what you do. (laughs) That you're the one that bends, not your, not your people. So when you're, when you're the one who has the diversity, especially with neurodiversity, uh, one of the things that I think is wonderful is to go ahead and disclose to your staff, let them know, go, Hey, just FYI, I have this. And sometimes this is what this means for me because it's also different for everyone. So people tend to think, oh, I've known one ADHD person. So that's how all ADHD people are, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever the diagnosis is, but that's not it at all. We are very much learning that everything's on a spectrum, right? So talk to them a little bit, have that openness. And what that does is it also creates psychological safety. It lets people know, hey, I can come talk to this person. I can have an honest conversation. This is safe. This is good. That will also help people with other situations like physical diversities, um, mental health concerns, things like that. So this is a really wonderful way to establish some trust with your people. So disclose to them, talk to them to whatever extent you're comfortable and you don't have to get graphic. Like, (laughs) don't, don't, don't be weird about it. You know, I always say like, there's good weird and there's bad weird. Don't be bad weird about this kind of stuff. (laughs) Don't, don't be awkward. Um, but, but do let them know what's going on. So for instance, with me, I like to let people that are working with me or even listening to one of my speeches, I do a lot of speaking and I will disclose and I'll talk about, you know, so I have obsessive compulsive disorder. This is how it manifests for me. This is how my bipolar one manifests. Um, and if it's depending on the speech, I might talk about some of my physical diversities. I talk about my seizure disorder a lot because it qualifies as both. Um, and one of my favorites is I like to use humor. This, this is a tool that works for me and I recommend it to anyone who works, works with it because it automatically diffuses the brain. So mm. one of my ticks is I will wink on my left side and I'll kind of twitch my head and it almost looks like I'm trying to pick you up for a date. So I always <laughs> let people know like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to get a date with you right now. Just so you know, this is a facial tick, <laughs> but I'm okay. Don't worry about it. And we'll keep going. And it cracks people up and then mm. it kind of diffuses the situation. Um, but you know, let people know. That way they understand, you know, what's going on. And with certain diagnoses, it will help them to kind of understand different behaviors and then let them know how to best work with you. So a great way to communicate with me is X, Y, Z. A great way to present information to me is X, Y, Z. Have the self-awareness and then share that with your team. Yeah, that's powerful. And thank you for putting it from the, like in the um, context of as much as you're comfortable, you know, and it's it's really about like, how do you like as the leader empower your team to to support you right you're bending right. to them i totally get that but it's also super helpful for the team to understand like this is what's going on with me 
It doesn't stop me from doing my job. It just means X, Y, Z. Right. And so yeah, let's, that's it. Let's, let's talk about it. Right. You don't have to yeah. be like, this is here it is. like at home or when I'm yeah. like, yeah. like, nobody. Yeah. Don't be weird. That. Yeah. Nobody needs to that. So, I mean, you can, I guess, if you want to, but that could actually be TMI for them too. So just keep it professional. Let them know what they need to know. Let them know maybe that they can ask more questions if you're mm-hmm. comfortable sharing. Um, and for the leaders that struggle with this, let me just say, I'm one of you. This did not come naturally to me. I'm extremely introverted. I'm a very private person to a large extent, or I was until I got into this line of work. And <laughs> and but I learned to share, and it's just practice. That's that's all it is, and just letting the information out in a way that is comfortable for you. Okay, let's now talk about the leader who I'm going to say it two ways has someone who's neurodiverse on their team and they know it or may have somebody who's neurodiverse on their team, but they aren't sure about right. it, right? Because you sometimes you can't tell. You can't like, tell. Even if you're sitting here <laughs> thinking, I don't have anyone who's neurodiverse on my team because nobody presents that way. Well, guess what? You Well, you, you do. Let me tell you, if you have a large enough team, you do. <laughs> you have someone on there. And it may be undiagnosed, to be very fair. So they may not even know, you know, that they have this going. They may know what's happening to them inside, but they may not know that there is a name to it. So the first thing is hashtag don't be weird. Okay. <laughs> do not do not, for the love of God, go to these poor people and start trying to diagnose them. Okay. That no. Uh-uh. Do not ask for their diagnoses. Number one, and well, unless you're maybe in a different country, it's illegal. <laughs> don't don't do that. Um, number two, uh, and it can get you sued, all that kind of fun stuff. Number two, it's just rude. That's just that's right. that falls under they the nun. Can yet. Disclose it, but you yes, can't be looking you cannot to ask. Try to get them to disclose no, and you can't try to coax them. Now you could do things to make them feel comfortable, so that if they want to disclose, they can. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a leader. The way that you approach this is, hey, I've noted there's, well, two different ways. The first is, hey, I've noticed this problem. Like, let's say there's an actual concern. There's there's a disconnect of some kind. I've noticed this. What can we do to, to accommodate? What can we do to be on the same track here? And don't really say get back on track. That can make them feel really negative. You maybe just kind of like, there's a disconnect here. Let's find a way to connect. Let's make it about that. There's, I don't know what it is. It could be me. It could be you. Let's, let's connect, you know, and, and then let them kind of talk to you about it. Cause even the undiagnosed folks, they'll know what they need, right. Or they'll be able to come up with it with you. They may not have a name for it, but they can help you out. So one of the things is to learn to focus, not so much on the why, but the what, mm. you know, it's what, what can we do to move forward? What can we do to solve or how can we solve it? But not so much the why it may not really matter. Um, no. Yeah, it it's not so much it doesn't have to be a thing, right? <laughs> I, no, it doesn't. And you know, I do want to I do want to share like there has been a situation where I was hired to coach somebody and they didn't have the diagnosis yet, right? Not initially, but they knew they struggled, right? There were just yeah. instances where communication wasn't going smoothly and they were like, I don't know why I'm doing my best. There was just a struggle, right? So, right. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, there were some, you know, options that the individual chose to pursue and they were right. offered coaching at work, but then they also went to their doctor and asked 
you know, could we do some tests? Right. And right. Then they got the diagnosis. Right. So it's like, it, oh. and we didn't, you know, and the diagnosis had everything click and was, don't get me wrong, super helpful, but we didn't need it necessarily to do the work that we did together. Cause we really, our work was really about how do we make communication easier? Right. How do we right. understand what other people are saying? Mm-hmm. How do you make it easier for other people to understand what you're trying to say? That's the so what I and the just, how. The what I, and the how. That's it. Exactly. So I wanted to underscore, like, I've seen this play out in real life. This isn't just theory. Right. It 100% is. And people get way too focused on the why. We're just, as human beings, we're kind of naturally nosy. But we don't need to be, you know, learn to mind your own business just a little bit. Um, The other thing that you can do is bust out with the standard accommodations list. This is another reason to have it is if you notice that something's up and maybe the person could use a little bit of help, go, hey, by the way, uh, we're sending this out. You know, I'm just kind of going around making sure everybody has what they need. Um, You know, is there anything on here that you think might help you out? Mm-hmm. And let them tell you, oh, yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, now that I'm in the job and I'm thinking about it, you know, this is something that might be useful. Um, so you can either address it as this particular issue or you can bring that up. The other thing, uh, but if it's not causing a problem, then just let it go. Right. You know, think about that Frozen song, you know, let it go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sing on the show, I promise. But, uh, <laughs> but just, yeah. just kind of just let it go. Just if it's if you just notice somebody's a little bit different, let them be different. Right. Roll with it. If they're producing the results that you're wanting them to do, does it really matter if if they're a little quirky or they have idiosyncrasies yeah. and that sort of thing, right? And that's uh, just what it is. 100%. <laughs> okay, now we're coming to the creme de la creme. You're a neurodiverse leader with a neurodiverse team member, but they don't sync up. Nope, it okay. happens. Tell us about this. <laughs> How so, do you manage this? It, and it happens. And it can be so stressful. Um, so my first encounter with this, uh, so I, I said earlier, you know, I, I have obsessive compulsive disorder, right? And so I like everything extremely structured in a certain way. And then I was working with a highly creative um, ADHD professional. And I was supposed to be training this human. And it wasn't going good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a fail, <laughs> like epic fail on my part, not blaming him at all. This was on me. Um, and I got some terrific advice about, you know, ask him, this is when a, a brilliant human in my life looked at me and said, ask him what they need, mm. ask them what they need. That's that simple. Just, and, and it'll, it'll help. And, and I, it just kind of decompressed. We sat there, we kind of came at it from a curiosity standpoint. So what I learned with that was to block the ego defense. So we have this natural it is a natural defense that right, whenever we absolutely. hear information that's different from what we, our brain has decided is correct, it throws up defenses as to know why we're right. Well, it doesn't actually help us anymore. It had a purpose. It doesn't anymore. So what you do is instead of responding with ego, respond with curiosity. Say, tell me more about that. Or, okay, let's talk about that. One of those two approaches. So I kind of took those approaches and I kind of, I did that. Then I asked him what he needed and then it it worked out fine. Um, you'll also see things uh, like you'll have somebody who has anxiety and then somebody who is, you know, super structured or needs things or needs to be very direct. Even that could cause, I have seen uh, some folks that are hyper direct because of their diagnosis and then somebody with anxiety and it stresses the person with anxiety out. Like, why did you say that to me like that? That's it's so like harsh. Scene from the movie. Yeah. Like, like you can being in a comedy, right? Yeah. Like, it's oh just so God. awkward. Um, and, and it just creates some awkwardness. So that's when you really have to take the time and say, okay, we're having a disconnect. Let's, 
kind of come together. So, so stop and ask the other person, Hey, is this working for you? Cause you're going to feel it too. You're going to mm-hmm. typically, now if you don't, and the other person comes to you, that's when you break down that ego defense and respond with curiosity. But if you feel it, just go ahead and go, Hey, okay. I feel like we're having a disconnect. I think it's, you know, let's talk about this. I want to make sure that we're jiving. I want to make sure that we're communicating in a way that's effective. So it's just a matter of conversation. You know, again, get over your ego, get over yourself. Um, and then also remember that when people are asking for clarification, because this happens a lot, both if it's a neurotypical manager or a neurodiverse manager with a different neurodiversity, you get a lot of the, well, why are you asking for clarification? I was spoke clearly, you know, it's kind of, a, it's not an insult to you. If someone's asking for clarification or if somebody's asking a question about what you just said, it's not an insult. They're engaging you. Right. Like, they're this is a positive, they're yeah, asking. they're invested in this. Right. <laughs> be be positive about it, you know? And so that's one thing too, is to, again, remove ego, put in curiosity, put in, you know, understanding. And remember, it's not all about you. So take things off of yourself and think this person's just trying to talk to me. This person's just trying to communicate to me and then communicate back. That's important. You know, there's such a huge opportunity there. If, if you're presented with it, right? You can learn so much, right? In terms of communication and oh, being gosh, clear, yes. being open to questions that can only benefit you like across the board in all areas of your life. So this person in your life who might be initially difficult to work with could be tr- truly be a gift for you. Yes. And life. remember too, that just because you're having trouble with them does not mean that they're in deficit or that they're wrong. Right. It could be you. It could just be that it's just it's a weird match, you know, but you need to make it work. So that's another important difference is not a deficit. And just because you're struggling with something doesn't mean it's the other person's fault. That's perfect. Catherine, is there anything I have not asked you that would be important to get out there now? Oh, gosh. Uh, (laughs) So many, there's always so many things about, about neurodiversity, but honestly, I think the the biggest thing is, you know, you have to you have to learn as a leader to to put your people first, and that's not as simple as it sounds, right? Because we have all these other priorities, and and if you're a leader in an organization, maybe they have all these metrics for you, and they have all of this, that, and the other, and it's it could be, and if you're a business owner, you know, you have all these pressures coming down on you from clients, from yourself, from you, know, you got to pay this bill, you know, whatever it is. And so we can get distracted. But as leaders, it is our job to put our humans first, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're thinking about you know, the, and the, the people in your life and all that, and you're a leader in any capacity, whether it's work, even life, you know, if you're just the leader of your group of humans, you know, whatever it is, make sure that you're prioritizing hearing the other person where they're at. And don't make them necessarily, don't equate where they're at to where you're at. Understand that people are in different places and people have different backgrounds and we're diverse in so many different ways. So remember to stop and hear things as they're trying to communicate them, not based on your experience. So take off that filter of this is how I'm hearing it based on my experience and really listen to the words and then ask your questions. Get curious. Get curious. That's the whole thing. Be curious about the other humans around you. I was just thinking as you were saying that, it actually, just the lead into that 
puts you in a place to get really curious and ask the other person more questions like, how are you seeing this? How are you mm-hmm. experiencing this? What was that? What, yeah. what was, what is it like for you when I do this? When I do this, how does, you know, where does, and let me tell you, you, even in a marriage that works, my husband and I have gotten to the point we do that because we we have very different neurodiversities. And so we, we have very blunt conversations. You know, how are you responding to this? How do you, how are you processing this information right now? And it sounds kind of silly at first, but then when you start to have those very intimate conversations, the things that you learn about other humans are so enlightening and it really helps you to progress both professionally and personally in a way that you never imagined when you really, you know, we, we're, we shy away from the word intimacy when it comes to work, but I don't think we need to. It just needs to be a different type of intimacy. You know, but when you when you have that intimacy with your team and you understand them and they understand you and you know how to communicate properly, that's when your team functions at its absolute highest capabilities. So take that time and really be curious and ask the questions and establish psychological safety and intimacy with your team or your humans just in your life. Like I said, your spouse, your children, your your friends. It really does change your life. It's incredible. That's beautiful, Catherine. I'm I'm gonna be like, that's it. That's the mic drop moment right there. <laughs> so where can people find you? Because they have got to get to know you better. I love to meet other humans, as you can tell. So please connect with me on LinkedIn. I am always all over LinkedIn. I'm I think I'm pretty much I'm one of like two Catherine McCords with my spelling, so it's super easy to find me. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Also, kmccordspeaking.com is my speaker website, and then my website for my company is titanmanagementusa.com. I'm available just to talk to you as a human. If you want me to come speak to your your organization, you you know your whatever your company, if you want me to teach, whatever it is, just reach out. I'm always here to help. You just want to meet people. You want to meet other cool people in the neurodiverse community. Reach out. I got you. (laughs) I love it. Well, Catherine, thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. It's been my absolute pleasure. What were your takeaways from my conversation with Catherine? As a leader, what changes could you make in regard to your hiring and onboarding practices for your team? And how could you create a more inclusive environment at work? Head over to LinkedIn to share your thoughts and takeaways on the post corresponding to this episode. I'd love to hear what stood out most for you. And If your last promotion has you experiencing and confronting challenges you haven't faced before, consider working with me. I would love to support you through this transition, help you get your bearings and feeling confident in your leadership once more. You can find a link to schedule a time to chat with me in the episode description. If you're listening through a mobile device, that link will be in your podcast app. And if you are listening through the Women Taking the Lead website, the link will be toward the bottom of the episode webpage. If you are going to ask your company to sponsor you to work with a coach, there's also a link to access a checklist that will help you prepare for the conversation. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.